Hello and welcome to Eyes on Research, the podcast that digests the latest scientific innovations in eye research using simple and understandable terms. I am your host, Thales Guimarães, medical doctor and clinician scientist at Northfield's Eye Hospital. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Eyes on Research. It's been two weeks since the last episode was released. That's due to, you know, my daughter getting sick and I following shortly after. We all got this crazy bug that circulated in the UK and my voice was terrible for quite some time. Well, I hope it's better now. I do have a low voice, but we'll see and uh, uh, I'll let you judge. <laughs> but I missed you guys as well. Today we'll be back to talking about genetic diseases of the eye, specifically a form of inherited retinal disease. Our team today is achromatopsia. We'll be talking about what this is and what the future holds in terms of treatments. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Achromatopsia is the name of a genetic disease in the retina that essentially causes extreme color blindness, right? Achromatopsia, uh, if you didn't know, is a Greek word, chrome meaning color, right? Opsia meaning uh, something that pertains to vision, and achromatopsia meaning no color vision. Now, this is a disease that's inherited in an autosomal recessive manner, meaning that you need two copies of a mutation in this gene to have the disease, one coming from your mother and the other from your father. This is a condition that affects around 1 to 30,000 live births worldwide, However, there's a specific island in the southwestern Pacific named Pingalap, which has a prevalence of about 5 to 10%, meaning that 1 in 10 have this disease there, which is much more common than expected for a genetic disease, right? So how did that happen there? And this will be the curiosity of the day. This is a fascinating story uh, in the island of Pingalap. A devastating Typhoon in 1775 caused a population bottleneck where only around 10 to 20 individuals survived. And one of these survives, survivors carried a gene for an extreme type of achromatopsia, which was eventually passed down from generation to generation. And now you have a frequency of 10% of the population living there with achromatopsia, that's after many, many generations. This is a textbook example of genetic events that happen in populations, which is a discipline of genetics called population genetics. And it's a very interesting discipline. What happened in Pingalap Island is the example of both geographic and cultural isolation and a population bottleneck that essentially created a higher level of genetic drift. And by the way, if you're interested in this story, I, I highly recommend you reading it in full. There's a book named The Island of the Colorblind by Oliver Sacks, which tells the story in detail. The name of the gene that is common in this island, in case you're interested, is called CNGB3. But there are other causative forms of this disease worldwide. CNGA3, GNAT2, PDE6H, PDE6C, and ATF6, with by far the most common being CNGB3 and CNGA3. 
So what are the clinical features of achromatopsia, right? Although affected individuals may have variability in their symptoms, they typically have marked light sensitivity, reduced vision, impaired or completely absent color vision, and nystagmus, which is a back and forth pendular movement that the eyes make. You may have seen this in the past. And if you've listened to our episode on cone rod dystrophies, which if you didn't, I highly recommend checking that out, as it's very relevant to what we're talking today. But if you listen to that episode, you will remember that achromatopsia is a type of stationary cone dysfunction syndrome, meaning exactly what the name suggests. It's stationary, so it typically doesn't change with time, albeit there are some a few patients that may change, but this is extremely rare, and these are the exceptions. And also, it is a cone dysfunction because it affects this type of light-sensitive light cells that we call cones. Again, if you've heard our episode on cone rod dystrophies, you will remember that cones are extremely specialized cells that are found in greater quantities in the central part of the retina, in a region called macula. The central part of this, which is called fovea. And essentially, you know, we have three types of pigments in these cones. The red, the green, and the blue pigments, which more specifically we call opsins, right? So these cones are essentially fine-tuned to different wavelengths. And remember, right... Color is a perception rather than a physical property of objects. Remember that we see the color that the object reflects. Think about this. Red is not in an apple, right? The surface of the apple is reflecting the wavelengths we see as red and absorbing all the rest. And that's why we see red. So coming back to the function of cones, they give us good fixation central vision and color vision. They are also more resistant to light, right? Or I should say less sensitive to light than the other type of light sensitive cells that we have in our retina, which are far more numerous than cones and are called rods. So, you know, combining all of this and knowing its function, you can now for yourself think about the symptoms and understand the symptoms easily, right? Reduce vision, loss of fixation, nystagmus, increased light sensitivity, and loss of color vision. Achromatopsia is a disease in which many patients do not have any abnormalities that are visible in the back of our eyes, the retina. So it may be, difficulty, it may be difficult to establish the diagnose um, based on what is seen of your retina, if that makes sense. Um, the symptoms and the medical history then are extremely important and that's why, you know, that's how we make the diagnosis, even with a normal retina, which happens in some patients, it's not rare at all. So how can, the next question is, how can doctors help patients? Firstly, it's imperative to point out that there is no cure for this condition. However, there are many empirical treatments that can help patients today. Right, And there are some gene therapy trials that are ongoing or have just published the results. And remember that not having a cure is not the same as 
untreatable. You can still treat the disease. It's not the same as, oh, I can't do anything. We can do a lot of things now, right? Individuals with achromatopsia, for example, they benefit a lot with the use of tinted contact lenses or tinted spectacles. This alleviates the light sensitivity. This uh, light sensitivity is so huge for affected patients, right? That tinted lenses can actually improve their vision because they can open their eyes more easily and they can read, they can do things that they couldn't do because their eyes were just closed. So it's life-changing to some patients. In terms of, you know, actual specific treatments, where do we stand then? Well, we have a few gene therapy supplementations trial that have happened for both CNGA3 and CNGB3, the most common genes to cause achromatopsia. You see, these um, gene therapies are also called gene augmentation where they supply the cone cells with healthy copies of the mutant genes, which they otherwise don't have. Because this material needs to go to the region where the DNA is, which is the nucleus of the cell, something needs to carry this DNA inside the nucleus. And that's why we must use a vessel, or as we call a vector, to deliver this gene. The most commonly used vector is a type of virus, named adeno-associated viral vector, in short, AAV. I have an episode that, you know, uh, we released last month on gene therapy. I, I, I also recommend you checking that out as we talked a lot about gene therapy, you know, everything about this treatment modality, its caveats, uh, its pitfalls. So, you know, I, I, I think you should take a listen to that episode as well. So, you know, your, your next question may be what, well, what, the results of these clinical trials were? Well, there were a few published results already. Firstly, the one-year result, which was published in 2020, and then the subsequent three-year results of the CNGA3 gene therapy trial, which was published in 2022. So two years after the initial results were published. The authors reported uh, that there were no substantial safety problems, which is huge already, and that it was associated with gains both in function, in vision, and in contrast, which, you know, albeit they were mild, uh, they were significant, statistically significant. The follow-up to that was the three-year results, right, that I just said, published in 2022, and, you know, it was still considered safe in a longer kind of time scale, although the improvement in function was still not huge. In fact, most of the uh, secondary outcomes that relating to function, the patients did not reach, meaning that the improvements were too mild. There was a consideration from the authors that's very interesting. Um, they, they thought that perhaps treating younger patients is possibly preferable as it may result in greater gains in vision when the vision is still under development, right? So these patients are still developing vision. That's when you should aim to treat them. That's what they suggested, and it makes a lot of sense. Another group of researchers, this time conducting a gene therapy trial for CNGB3, just released a couple of months ago the results of this study. This study was done in the United Kingdom. They found out that although some patients had a bit of inflammation, this was mild in most, and the therapy was deemed to be safe. 
this was also an early phase study and remember that this type of study is looking more into safety than efficacy, right? It's an early phase study. But there were indeed some favorable changes in some participants or hints of changes, including color vision, light sensitivity tests, and in the quality of life questionnaires. Now, this was not across the border, so, you know, uh, careful needs to be taken with this interpretation, but it's still uh, good data. Another very interesting and at least promising, right? That's That's the point. These treatments, they are all promising, right? Another very interesting study published in the journal Brain, that's the name of the journal, has used the combination of a very elegant technology such as MRI, population, receptive field mapping, and psychophysics with stimuli to measure the responses of cones in four patients who had gene therapy. So essentially, they were measuring the patients in the MRI after they were submitted to this stimuli. And the results are quite remarkable. And they, you know, they showed that two of the four children who participated in this had evidence of new signals in the visual cortex mediated by cones that were not present in the patients who were untreated. Furthermore, the results were specific to the treated eye, suggesting that there was a cone function plasticity after the gene therapy. That's incredible, isn't it? And that's the first time that we can actually... Uh, well, this is a novel, this is a new methodology that they use, but it's, it's, it's remarkable to be able to actually look at the brain of individuals who had these gene therapies and actually see changes in there. But there are some limitations to be considered, right? Firstly, for the virus to infect a cell, there needs to be a rescuable cell there, meaning that the structure of the cell needs to be preserved, which may not be the case for all patients. Other factors related to patient age, for example, difficulty to perform tests, may also limit the quality of data that researchers can acquire, right? And this may reduce the reliability, or should I say the relevancy of this data, um, of this information that's gathered. So it's less relevant, right? The relevance is not as high uh, because these tests, you know, have a lesser quality. They are less reliable. So these are all important considerations to make. But you know, this is a marathon instead of a short sprint. Achromatopsia has been through uh, has been through the proof of concept stage and, you know, we now know what we are looking for in terms of clinical trials and in terms of clinical trial results. It is indeed anticipated that gene therapy trials will change the quality of life of individuals who are affected with achromatopsia. So keep posted. Any updates, I'll let you know. Thank you so much for listening to me today. Um, I hope you have a good week and a good end of the year. And we'll see you in the next episode next week. In case you didn't know, we have social media accounts at Eyes on Research. That's the handle. You can search for us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. We have it. So uh, feel free to check it out. We post regular short videos that do not go on to become full episodes there. These are all with interesting facts about vision and new research papers and things that come out all digested into simple terms we also have our website www.eyesonresearch.org 
www.ghostbusters.org. There you have ways to support us. It's completely optional, so don't feel pushed, but it's highly appreciated. Um, so I hope you guys have a wonderful end of the year. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>